0: Hello, Comic Creators. Welcome to this week's episode of the Comics Connection Podcast. Once again, I am Gamal. He is Andy. And we are here to talk about all of the things that you need to know to have a successful career in comics from both the creative side and the business side. So, Andy, the re- what I want to start with this week is I want you to actually help people understand a little bit about what it is that comic connection actually does on a week to week basis outside of this podcast so why don't you help everybody understand what it is that you did last night with the comics connection members
1: uh yeah sure so last night we held held a live session for our members so everybody that is a member was invited um we hopped on online together and what i did so comics experience we teach uh courses on writing and art and coloring and lettering and all that sort of stuff that go through the whole process but what i was able to do with comics connection last night was i pulled up a script i'm a, I'm a writer in case that's not known uh i pulled up a script that i'm working on now i can't do that if i'm writing you know a video game or if i'm writing for dc or marvel or something like that because i'm not you know i'm under nda i can't share that stuff but when it's something that i'm creating for myself and you know, in this case, something I intend to get published, um, I pulled up a project that I'm working on right now that I'm, that I'm going to create a script about and, um, and shared my screen with everybody so everybody could see it and everybody was allowed to chat and talk and ask questions. And I just started working. Right, and just you know, I gave context, of course, of like kind of where I am in the process, and then I said, "This is what I'm going to do for the next hours. I'm going to work on this part of it." And I would talk through my thought process. Um, I would talk through some of the strategies that I was using um, as I was going through. So while you're hearing what it is that that I'm working on, you're hearing the why I'm doing it. You're hearing, and then you're hearing how I'm doing it as you're watching it live and in real time. And people could ask questions in the chat or they could turn their microphones on and they could ask questions about, well, what about about this? Or why'd you do this? So for example, uh, last night I was, what I was doing was was I'm I'm refining an outline. The outline part was already done. The synopsis was already done and I'd broken it into scenes. And each scene I said, "Eh, I think that should take about three pages. This one should take two. This one Mm -hmm. only one. one. This one's big, a lot going on. It's five. And I would go through the process of, where I was coming up with those numbers, then and at the end of it, I know the page count of the book I want to publish. Mm-hmm. And of course, I add those up because I'm not paying a ton of attention to my overall page count. I'm just trying to get a feel of what it like, optimally, what would be great, right? Mm-hmm. Be really comfortable. Well, I was six pages over, which actually is pretty close. So then we went through and I started going, here's where I can peel a page. And here's why I can take a mm-hmm. page out here, uh, I moved some scenes around. There was one scene that I was able to completely delete because I realized you don't want a scene that is entirely exposition. And I realized it was basically a scene of exposition, so I was able to delete that scene. And then I just made a note of you got to figure out where to get some key information in elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And even during the night, I was like, Oh, this is where that goes, and this is where this piece of information. I just cop, you know, cut and pasted them into the- their scene so I knew hey, you got to get this in when I go back to write the scenes. So it was very much like just watching somebody do their thing. And how I do it doesn't mean that's how you have to do it. But uh, and we talked about that, too. You know, some people chimed in. It was like, oh, this is different from my process. But I do something that has a similar result. So you, mm-hmm. you, it was all of us kind of working together, just using the sliver of, of the project I was working on um, to really kind of drill down and learn on things. And that's something that We do a comics connection that I don't I don't think that's really done anywhere else. Nowhere else that I know of. Um that's what we did last night and it was it was actually pretty fun. Next time I think I might have a beer, you know, you never know.
0: See, that's that'll that'll make the whole thing much better. And I do think what you just said is actually very accurate because a lot of people will like they'll write books about their process or they'll and I know some artists, especially on Patreon, they'll actually do like live sketches or something like that. But to have somebody, walk, have somebody walk you through the process of how this individual aspect of the situation works is something that is very hard to come by. And a lot of people either have to learn it by trial and error, or they just have to, you know, kind of fumble with it until they figure it out for themselves, if they're going to figure it out for themselves at all. So the fact that you can do that with a group of people and then have them go back and forth in real time, I think is a value that is going to help people in the long term. And since we actually record all of these videos and they're available in our library archive, anybody who's a member could actually go back and look at those videos whenever they're in that process and they kind of get stuck and kind of need need some inspiration on how to move forward. The other thing, because you just talked about what we're doing, create what we're doing creatively this week. Um, on the business side, tomorrow we're actually going to have uh, one another of our expert interviews. We bring in people from various parts of the comic book industry to talk about both their experience and current events that are actually going on in the industry. And tomorrow we are going to have two guests. We're going to have Mark Guggenheim and Christina Strain, who are both writers for both film and television in Hollywood and for comics. So we're going to be talking to them about the recent um, updates in the WGA strike and how that's going to affect the um, writers union as a whole. And we're going to talk a lot about how, how working in comics, especially working in comics without a union actually impacts the way you work in comics and The idea that how, why there isn't a union, how a union can come about, and things like that. That's going to be tomorrow at 8, if you're actually listening to this this, um, podcast when it comes out. Otherwise, it's also going to be in our video archive for all Comics Connection members. Um, The other thing that we need to talk about, though, uh, Andy, it came to us from Popverse. Um, our friend Joe Illich, who is a longtime write, uh, editor for Vertigo, not Vertigo, Milestone, and Heavy Metal, and Away Blue World, and other places, has been doing a series of articles for Popverse about what's actually what it actually means to be a comic book creator and things that you have to kind of keep in your mind as you're, you know, building out your career over time. Uh, it's a lot of the stuff that we actually also talk about in Comics Connection on a regular basis, but his perspective is a his own because he has his own personal experience. What he was talking about this week, I believe the article came out late last week, maybe, was talking about the idea of creator-owned deal and the pitfalls that come about when... A artist, when a writer or creator of any kind, is actually bringing a creator-owned deal to a publisher. Now, for those of you who are not aware, there's only really three types of comics that you can make in the comic book industry. You can make independent comic books where you own everything. You can make freelance comic books where you're making comic books for somebody else, or you can make what's called creator-owned comics where, in theory, you own the intellectual property and you're working with a publisher to get the book out the door. The one that people always kind of key in on, and they have been since like the 90s, is Image, because Image has a creator-owned deal. But there's dozens and dozens of other comic book publishers who also have some form of a creator-owned deal. Andy, I know with CEX, you also have a creator-owned deal. So what I'd like to— just Yeah. Just to summarize. (laughs) Just to summarize. The reason creator-owned deals are the most dangerous deals in comics is very simple. In independent comics, you know exactly who owns what, because if it's your independent company, you own it, and unless you sign it away doing something silly, you're going to continue to own it. Freelance comics is the exact opposite, but you know what you're getting into when you sign the deal. You get money, they get the work. And... It's very straightforward. There's no danger there because you know what you're getting into. In a creator-owned deal, a creator-owned deal is actually, in a lot of cases, misnamed because the creator, depending on what the contract says, may not own anything. You may create something and then hand it over to a publisher who will then own the entire thing and you may not have any options to get it back. You may not be making any money off of it. You may not have any say in what gets done with it. It all depends on what is in the contract and the contract vary from company to company. So what the example Joseph was giving in his article was about the type of company that we in the comic book industry like to call an IP farm. It is the company that is basically picking up any intellectual property they can find, intellectual property in this case, meaning your script, your characters, your story, acquiring it for little or no money, and then attempting to turn that into a movie, a Netflix series, or something else in such a way that you as the writer or the artist do not make any money. It is not a good look, not the way to go, In most cases, those companies are not even able to make any films or television shows for a variety of reasons. But there is a very real chance when you're talking about creator-owned deals, you are talking about giving away all of the rights to everything that you have worked on for months or years or however long it was that you created this comic. Now, Andy... You have worked in various aspects of the industry, including several creator-owned deals. So you can speak to this from your own personal experiences. Go.
1: Yeah, all right. So uh, I like that you start with creator-owned contracts, the most dangerous deals in comics. I guess that makes CEX the most dangerous company in comics. Uh, So my experience is, uh, first was as a writer, the First creator-owned deal I signed, it turned out that there was something in there that I didn't fully understand uh, uh, the meaning of, and it uh, it screwed me over pretty bad on uh, on a movie deal, um, and I just wasn't aware that that language. And I don't I don't know in that case that that company was trying to hide it because it's there. I just mm-hmm. literally didn't understand that specific terms had very specific meanings in in hollywood hollywood land Mm -hmm. um and ultimately what happened was i got cut out of money that i felt like as the creator of the project and as my my artist partner was also a creator of the project we should have been entitled to some of that so we got um had the movie been made which it wasn't but had it been made we would have gotten a, a portion of the sale price which at the time the option was was not not going to be a lot um so we would have gotten like maybe a thousand bucks each
0: mm-hmm.
1: but then had the movie gotten made we would have gotten nothing else whereas the publisher would have gotten about 50 times that well wow. and we wouldn't have gotten any sort of so that was sort of my first really eye-opening experience ultimately none of that wound up passing on, the, on with that project but um but it's also made you know my desire to sell that project in hollywood uh about zero like Mm -hmm. it's not even worth my time and that company's not shopping around anymore eventually i was able to get my rights back um that took a lot of cajoling um and was really super annoying even though by the contract i had the right they were fighting me on it anyway Mm -hmm. um and really what I what I needed in order to go out to Hollywood is I needed some sort of letter, some sort of recognition from the publisher that said, yes, these rights have reverted back to you. That makes things a lot easier mm-hmm. as opposed to going, well, the publisher won't say so, but here it is in the contract. Mm-hmm. Right. That's not that's that's not a great look. So it was very frustrating. Um and that's one of those things where like the rubber meets the road, like, yes, they were my rights. Mm-hmm. Um, and am I am I am I? artist partners' rights, um, but we it makes things a lot easier if the publisher admits it, right? So anyway, uh, so after a few deals like that, uh, I wound up getting very frustrated, and a lot of my friends that are creators also wound up being very frustrated with creator-owned deals that they weren't happy with, and in some cases, like you were saying, um, technically, they still owned the copyright, but they had assigned publishing rights, merchandising rights, entertainment rights, like pretty much everything that you can mm-hmm. do with a copyright, they had given those rights away, which i mean effectively means you have no power you gave the thing away, right? So i got to a point where when i looked at contracts and sometimes i would look at contracts for friends and i am not a lawyer which I always made very clear but I said you know here are the key things I'm looking for things like reversion clauses that are very clear which is about getting your rights back once Mm -hmm. the book has been published or it's not in stock anymore or whatever it is Uh, I want that to be um, fairly clear or at least you know kind of up to industry publishing industry standards Um, I want to look at how I'm going to make money on the thing like how is the money being split how's it being divided Uh, Does it seem nebulous or is it pretty straightforward? That kind of thing. Uh, And of course, I'm interested in what rights I have. What rights do they control? um, And that sort of thing. And so a lot of that, all of that went into inform when I became a publisher a couple of years ago, what would my deal look like? As somebody who had fought for creator rights, I found all of a sudden found myself on the other side of the table, Mm -hmm. um, which was fascinating and terrifying and I wondered like like uh had I reached that point in my life where I was like the line in the dark night that you you're the hero (laughs) until you live long enough to become the villain like uh and so I created a we created a contract that was very favorable to creators Mm -hmm. um that contract wound up having two problems with it one it was almost impossible for cex to function with how little cex was going to get mm-hmm. um even if we had a monster hit it was structured in such a way that cex would make almost no money off that hit and at some point i have to be able to pay employees mm-hmm. Um, so that was problem number one: was that it was it was legitimately so generous to creators that it was it was impossible for the company to succeed, um, and the company needs to succeed in order for us to continue publishing books and helping creators succeed. So Ooh. we had to do some some readjustments. The other problem that our original contract created was it created sort of an accounting vagueness. Um, mm. or or at least a mess so what we did was a profit split uh so it was sort of like well once we recoup all of our costs for printing and shipping and marketing and all that sort of stuff the money that's left over for the project we split you guys get the bulk of it we get a little we get a little of it um but that created a problem like tracking the amount of tracking and logistics that has to go on at a publisher is, is enormous. Like that was one place where I was really not prepared. So like on a profit split basis, if I am at a convention and I'm like, I'm trying Mm -hmm. to sell a mini series and I go, you know what, if you buy, um, if you buy three of the issues, I'll give you the fourth one for free. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, now I have to track that. Basically I sold these on a sale that changes the profit margin right. on it. If I don't track that I did it on a sale, then I just lost money because mm-hmm. I'm going to pay the full, you know, so on and so forth. So there, were, there wound up being like just this a logistical nightmare. There were some other things not to get into accounting too much that, that made it very difficult to calculate how much people wrote. So um, so we changed two things in the contract. Um, the first thing we changed was just the we changed the nature of how your royalties are calculated to something much easier
0: mm-hmm. to
1: calculate, much easier for you as a creator to calculate, much easier for us to calculate, which means you also get paid faster cuz I don't have to spend weeks trying to figure it out. Um uh and uh it's much easier to check, right? right. So that was the, that was the first thing that we did because if we could simplify our lives that would be better for everybody. Um uh and then the 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 other thing we did was we just made sure that there was enough built in there that if we had a hit book, we actually made a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. Creators tend to still make significantly more than we do. Um, so what we did was instead of doing a profit split where I had to subtract out this cost and that cost, um, which can be part of nebulous sort of stuff, right? Like, am I subtracting out marketing costs for the book or mm-hmm. overhead for the company? I wasn't. But those are the types of questions that come up like, well, what are the expenses? So instead of doing that, what we did was we just decided that whatever the suggested retail price, the price that's printed on the cover of the book is, for every copy that we sold, the creator got X percent right. of, that, of that price. Now, generally speaking, it's not a huge percentage number because generally we, we sell 95% of these comics through the direct market, which is a little under 40% of the cover price. Um, Plus I do have to make enough that I can start paying the print costs and all those built-in costs. So, um, so that's how that, how that works, but it makes it very easy for you to go, how many do we sell? How much do I get per unit? It's X percent of the cover price. Multiply those two numbers together. That's pretty much what your check should look like. Um, It makes it very difficult to like hide anything, which we Mm -hmm. don't. Um, So people really, Creators so far have been really happy with that. Um, they, they like that a lot. Um, and then we do take some rights. We actually have two options for entertainment. One is you can keep all of your rights. means you're going to go out to Hollywood and sell it or make toys off of it or whatever. And whatever revenue you get um, from your various deals, we get 10%, the theory being that doing the book has helped you sell yeah. the sell the stuff. And then you just would owe us 10% of your of your of your take home. Not the overall deal, but mm-hmm. your actual take home. Um <laughs> and then the other version of that deal, which you can opt into, it's optional at this point, is um we can represent the property. We go out uh and try and sell toys and and you know paper plates with your character on it and all that kind of stuff. Make movies in Hollywood or TV shows or animation. In which case we're doing a lot of legwork. I'm fronting whatever costs that I'm taking, including flights out to LA. Um, and then we we get substantially more because we're the ones actually negotiating the deals and developing the projects with people. When I do that, I keep the creators in the loop um, mm-hmm. whenever there's anything of note or interest. And actually, uh yesterday uh, it was another good deal. I met with a director about a project. Project isn't even out yet and it's already getting a little heat uh in LA. So I met with with a director. He's got a good long career, movies that I have seen and enjoyed and I thought he was a really interesting choice for this particular property. So I met him. I never met him before. So I met with him, we talked for about an hour yesterday. Had a really good conversation, seemed to get along really well. Uh, and then I when I was off the phone with him, we were talking about what the next steps are. Um, There are a thousand steps to getting a project made in Hollywood. So this was Mm -hmm. a good first step, but there's another 999 to go. Uh, And I immediately picked up the phone and called the creator who I'd already told I was going to have this meeting called the creator and we chatted all about it and what we thought our next steps would be and all that kind of stuff. So keeping the creators in the loop uh, is great. I also have language in my contract where we, where it says that we will make best efforts to like, Maybe get them a consulting gig, or you know, if there's if there's other places we can plug them in. Our contract also has language for they can create, they can um, they can negotiate their own producing, um, uh, uh, what is it, producing rate or deal producing mm-hmm. deal. Um, if they secure your own, their own, that's great. They get whatever they've secured um and they're they're listed as a producer on the project i would think um and if they don't um then they and they don't get any producing money which is not something i can control because that would be up to a studio or a producer or whoever um i can advocate for it which i would um but if they don't secure that then i actually will give them a portion of any producing deal that i am able to secure for myself um so uh, which I know of no other company that does that. And that's how, going back to when I originally got hosed, that mm-hmm. was how I got hosed. I was cut out of any of the producing money, which as it turns out, that's where the real,
0: the real often,
1: money Real money yeah. often is. So what I did was say, well, I don't want to do that to anybody else. So you can make your own producing deal, or you can kind of use us and we might be able to negotiate it for you. Um, and if you get your own deal, then that's great. You don't get any of mine, but you have your own deal. So you get what, what you get. Um, but if you can't secure that for whatever reason, then you're entitled to a portion of my producing deal. Um, and the, another sort of misconception is that a producer uh, doesn't do anything. Um, so, you know, the producer is involved in the project and helping develop, making sure it stays true to the nature of the project and all that kind of stuff. So, it's a, it's a fairly involved thing. So, like, I'm working for that money. It's not just like, ah, I signed a piece of paper and now there's a check. Like, there's actual mm-hmm. work that's involved in that. Um, So anyway, yeah, that's kind of how we did our deals. And so far, um, so far, the only things that have kind of come up have been pretty minor. Mm -hmm. Things like um, uh, uh, somebody didn't get their comps when they thought they were going to. And, you know, I just hadn't communicated that we don't send out comps until after the book is in stores because Mm – retailers get really annoyed if you're selling the book before they have it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just didn't communicate that. So now I've added that into our onboarding email and, you know, all that sort of stuff. So that's um, been little stuff for us. Um, and our creators seem to be pretty happy overall.
0: Well, I think the, the key there, and it's it's actually an important point to point out is there's a lot of people because there's a low bar, fairly low bar to actually saying to the world, you are a comic book publisher, and you are, you know, open to, you're offering creator-owned deals. There's two types of publishers that I think are doing that. There's one, there's the publishers who, well, three types. One, the creators who've decided they want to start publishing books, and like you, they want to correct the errors or the malfeasance that is in a lot of the creator-owned deals that they were a part of or put in front of them when they were a creator. So they grew up for a better deal. But there's also another group of people who had the same experience, but then turned to the dark side and decided they're going to do exactly the same thing that was done to them to the next group of people that are coming up. Um, and then you have the third group is just people who are not even in comics, but decided, Comics is a good backdoor into Hollywood, so they're going to create an IP farm, and they are just as bad, if not worse, than the creators who went to the dark side. They are going to offer you a contract that maximizes what you are giving up and minimizes what you are getting. So creator-owned contracts are can be very lucrative in the long term if and only if you actually have the right language in the contract, which means that unlike being an independent publisher and unlike being a freelance creator, you have to have a extremely deep understanding of specifically what this company and what this contract says and how it impacts your rights, your revenue, and your responsibility relative to the intellectual property. Otherwise, you may wind up getting you may wind up creating a very popular movie or a very popular video game and have nothing to show for it. You would not be the first one. You would probably not be the last one, but you do not have to be one of those people if you actually understand what your contract says, understand how the business works, and you do that, the first step is listening to a podcast like this. So we're going to wrap that up right here. Um, all of the links to the articles and the things that we were talking about are going to be in the show notes, and there's going to be links to um, checking out Comics Connection and joining our online community. So until next time, thank you, Andy. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and have fun with your comics.